0: Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tong.
1: Hello, and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation, and I'm your host, Peter Tong. Thank you for joining us today. These shows will give you insights. To how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness, and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And I'm delighted to welcome to the show today Michael Jaco, who has had some extraordinary experiences uh, serving his country as a Navy SEAL. And Michael, um, I'm just really looking forward to hearing what you have to say about your own awakening process. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Peter. So perhaps you could begin by telling us a little bit about your background and what led you to life as a Navy SEAL.
2: Well, uh, I had always wanted to be a Navy SEAL. I was probably from about three years old. I was a little fish in the water, so I uh, <laughs> read, read the, the comic books that had the uh, you know the Navy SEAL stuff in it, and uh, uh, seeing the movie The Frogman, that kind of stuff, it really intrigued me. And I uh, eventually uh, planned out my life to go into the Navy SEAL teams.
1: Was that a, was that a difficult? Um, Thing to do to actually get in in the first place?
2: It was a little difficult to get in. There's uh, there's tests that you have to take, uh, psychological tests, there's physical tests, uh, a lot of tests uh, and screenings. But eventually, once you get there, it's uh, you know it's even more challenging. So,
1: <laughs> and how old were you when you actually started?
2: I started. Uh, I went in when the navy when I was 18. I was actually a hard hat diver for a few years, and then I I uh, finally transitioned over to the SEAL teams and uh, actually Hell Week, one of the most Influential weeks in uh, Bud's training, I turned 21 on that day that hell week started.
1: Oh, yeah! Wow. What date was that?
2: It was September 27th. It was a memorable day. So I always think back when I when I have a birthday on that day.
1: <laughs> it is a memorable day, and, and actually very close to the day when, uh, where we celebrate Archangel Michael. And I know that he is part of your story. We'll come come back to that later. Absolutely. So what was what was Hell Week like? It sounds like Hell.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh I talk about it a little bit in uh in the book they wrote, but uh, it's it's very uh intense. Uh the whole week basically you're up, you get maybe uh hour, hour and a half uh of sleep only on two occasions. And it's just physical one physical evolution right after another. The only time they really get a break is when they uh go to the bathroom or when we uh take them to uh chow.
1: Wow. Now, at that point in your life, did you have any spiritual awareness already?
2: I'd had a little bit up to this point. Uh, The Hell Week experience, when I reflect back on it, was, uh, and I think it is for uh, many seals, is a life-changing event where you uh, go beyond the physical, uh, push way beyond the physical uh, level, and start to reach these uh, these zones that I talk about in intuition.
1: So let's talk about that now.
2: The intuition sort of... Started for me really uh, later on in my career, where I started to see other uh, Navy SEALs uh, display some amazing uh, capabilities. There was one training event where I remember we uh, had were hiking through the mountains and uh, we'd missed our our points where we're supposed to be resupplied several times, and we were laying up uh, one night and waiting, hopefully, for the uh, our our unit to come in and resupply us and. This one uh, former uh, Vietnam veteran uh, woke up with a start and said that he heard a vehicle coming. So we all sat up, and I was pretty young in the teams at this time, and we listened for several minutes and none of us uh, heard anything. So I laid back down, and then several minutes later, this vehicle comes around the corner. Unfortunately, it wasn't our supply vehicle, but uh, it was. I was pretty amazed because this guy could barely hear as it is. And uh, so that kind of awakened in me the ability, that there are abilities far beyond just the physical that uh, we can tap into. And I started to observe more of these events throughout my career and started to tap into some of those myself.
1: Uh, was this uh, something that you, you talked about consciously as a group, or were you, were you just observing this take place?
2: There were a few people that uh, we talked about this uh, consciously, but uh, it's not ri- even... Even in the, amongst the, the special forces guys, it's really not that accepted. And I think <laughs> right. probably even less so in the, in the regular military, unfortunately. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. So, when did you start to realize then that your own intuitive gifts were beginning to develop?
2: They really came forward uh, when I started to go into uh, combat zones. And uh, later on, when I left the SEAL teams and became a security contractor, I started to. Um, I would do a thing that I learned in the teams, uh, which was remote view. I could actually see ahead on on a path or, in this case, on a highway and visually imagine what the landscape looked like if there were any threats or anything. If there were any threats, then I would you know, either hold up my team or we would redirect. This eventually uh, went to the point where I could uh, tell later in the future, like several days in advance, if there was going to be a threat. Like, for instance, there was a uh, car bombing that happened, one of the first that actually happened in Iraq. And uh, I had intuited that it was coming. So I held up my team. We were supposed to go out this one particular gate. I didn't know exactly why I was doing this at the time. But I held up my team, and uh, the time frame that we were supposed to be going through this one gate, there was a huge explosion from a car bomb. If we'd been there going through that gate, obviously we would have been uh, impacted quite severely because there was over 100 people that were killed. So this 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 type of stuff continue to happen.
1: So one of the uh, questions that, that I'm sure people um, have is is uh, when you did this remote viewing of the, the, the trail in front of you, you talked about you imagined it. So one of the biggest questions I know of people who are developing on a spiritual path is what is real and what is imagined. Could you talk about that a little bit?
2: Yeah, that's a very good question. Uh, this this was a game that I would play with myself, to, and, and it's something that you have to develop. Um, like, for instance, maybe you'll get a, a feeling that someone's going to call. You'll think about this person, and and then the phone rings, and it's that person you thought about. These are the little intuitions that you get throughout your day. Things that maybe you're walking out the door, these things would happen to me, and I would start to connect with them. It's, oh, this intuition, I want to develop this, so that's how you do that. So I would, you know, be leaving for the day and I would get that little pull like, Oh, you're forgetting something and uh then I'd stop myself, kinda of, kinda of relax a little bit, think, Okay, what is it? And then I'd go, Oh, I forgot my flashlight for this operation I'm gonna to do tonight, so I'd go back and get it. So these things uh as as you play with them throughout your life and when they come, these little intuitions and you say, That is good, I, I want more of that, they will begin to come more and more and more.
1: And again, I I know what you mean because we get these little intuitions, these little tugs, you know, I've got to go back for something, I've left something. And sometimes we do pay attention, sometimes we don't, usually to our
2: cost. Right, we'll look back um, and go, I wish I'd listened to myself, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So the other thing that's interesting in your case was you would get a little insight or intuition or a nudge that it wasn't safe to go somewhere, but you didn't know why. You were just given that little that little piece which you had to act upon. Is that right?
2: That's absolutely correct. And uh, I think a lot of warriors get these. Uh, some of them uh, will listen to them. Um, others will because we're so... Our cultures are are so ingrained with analytical thought and um, the five senses that we tend to discount these things that are outside of that realm. And that's exactly what they are. They're available to everyone, but, but few will listen to them because it's not really the way our culture and our society is uh, conditioned.
1: So I know one of the most profound experiences that you had, Michael, was was an out-of-body experience. Could you describe that to us?
2: Yes, and this uh, definitely took me to a different level in my intuitive abilities. I I was, as a security contractor, I was protecting uh, Ambassador Brimmer. Um, We were getting mortared pretty much every night for um, a couple weeks. So we kind of conditioned ourselves to... Uh, relax if the the mortar sounds weren't very close. If they were very close, we'd kind of perk up and maybe get ready to make a run for it. But uh, uh, over a period of time, you could you could just barely come out of your sleep because they'd usually happen around one or two o'clock in the morning when you're deep asleep, and uh, kind of get that sense, oh, it's okay, and then you go back to sleep. Well, one night after several weeks of this, I uh, I awoke and realized that I was having an out of body experience, and it was. It was as real as if I'm, you know, as I'm talking to you right now. I'm very in this moment, uh, and I'd always wanted to have an out of body experience. So I was like, "Oh wow, I'm having one!" So I <laughs> always had heard that you, you know, look down at your body to, you know, kind of connect with that, and you'll you'll realize, you know, you are having one. So I looked down, and the uh, I was actually living in a trailer, uh, as many of us were, and uh, I saw that the trailer was destroyed. There were bricks all over the place and, uh, my body was torn up. So I realized that I was dead, that I was, had left my body. And I was like, oh my God, you know, I feel like I'm really starting to learn through, you know, these intuitive, uh, you know, things that I'm getting that I can really help people. And then I, uh, had this, this feeling to look up and I looked up and I look into Archangel Michael's eyes. And his wings were spread. He was looking right at me. It was an incredible love connection between our eyes. And then I saw this great orange flash, and bam, I was back in my body. And I sat up in bed, and I was like, oh, I'm in my body. And then I heard this huge explosion. And uh, we learned later that this was a rocket attack, and usually these rockets are extremely accurate. So I, looking back on this, I realized that I was giving the opportunity to either Okay, check out, or go back and continue
1: and do you remember consciously having that choice when you were out of your body did that did that question get asked consciously?
2: That question was was in my mind yes uh when i okay. when i was when I had the the feeling and the thought that oh, I really feel like I could help people, and then I wish that I wasn't dead, then I looked in Archangel Michael's eyes and I knew that I would be able to continue and it was very it was amazing. So in
1: fact, it was the decision to return to help other people uh, understand this that was the, the, the turning point for you to return.
2: Yes, I, I'd, I'd had a lot of experiences up to that point, but I felt like my, my life wasn't really progressing as I look back on it. And I think that uh, you know you you have a pretty much a plan when you come into your into your life. Uh, what you're going to do and I wasn't probably meeting those points and I was given the opportunity to, hey, get with the program or, or, we're gonna ch- or you're going to check out.
1: Check out, yeah. 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 This, is, this is fascinating, Michael, and I want to I ask you some questions of clarification, but we're going to our first break right here and uh, I'm talking with Michael Jaco who has some extraordinary experiences working in security forces and as a Navy SEAL and will return shortly.
0: be extraordinary 7th Wave Network how do we walk our true spiritual path at a time when the western world is fixated on material gain more people are now recognizing the emptiness which comes with this limited approach to life there is another way Four years ago, Peter Tan left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm. The Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Visit PeterTongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at PeterTongue.com.
2: Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary
0: person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune
2: in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia
3: Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. What's it like?
0: What's it like?
3: It's lonely. It's really lonely. I miss my brother.
0: I miss my brother.
3: I'm surrounded by other people, but it's not the same. I've got other people around me, but it's not the same. It's pretty scary, but I don't let it rattle me. It's pretty scary around here, but I don't let it rattle me. You always have to watch your back. There's
0: no one to watch my back.
3: I spend my whole day worried who's out to get me. I'm
0: always wondering who's out to
3: get me. But I can take care of myself. But I can take care of myself. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. No matter what? I'll keep my head up. It's not like I have a choice. It's not like I have a choice. This will all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. This will all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. Go to jail for a gun crime and your family serves a sentence with you. Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council.
0: The New Home for Visionary Positive Change. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program.
1: Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host Peter Tung. And Today we have with us Michael Jaco, a former Navy SEAL, who was talking before the break about a very significant experience in his life which, in fact, was an out-of-body experience. So, Michael, I want to go back to that just a little bit. First of all, what did it feel like to be out of your body and seeing your dead body on the ground?
2: Well, at first, at first the uh, out-of-body experience itself was very exhilarating uh, to be free like that. But then when I looked back down at my body and saw that I was actually dead and I was not going back to that body anymore, it was, it was pretty traumatic.
1: And so what happened next?
2: Well, after, after that, I, uh, I actually looked into the eyes of Archangel Michael, and then I had the flash of light that I saw that was actually a rocket that was going by, and boom, I'm back in my body, and I heard the explosion from the rocket. So I know that basically he protected me from, from dying because I had decided to continue and, and do more work.
1: So the orange flash was actually a real physical flash of the rocket that you saw.
2: Absolutely. Okay. And another thing that was very interesting was the bricks that I mentioned. I had never seen any kind of brick wall. I had seen a concrete wall, but later on in the week as I was walking by this area, I saw that the concrete, the thing that I thought was a concrete wall was a, was a wall of bricks that was smoothed over with concrete. So I think that kind of validated it a little bit more as well. So later on, I started looking into who this archangel was because at the time I did not know that I was an archangel; it was just a being to me. And uh, there were colors that were associated with, of course, very bright light and uh, the color blue. So I started looking at pictures, and and my background, uh, although I did go to churches, uh, I, I would go to Baptist churches, and I'd gone with uh, to Catholic churches with friends, and and uh, kind of studied religions. I wouldn't say that I was a religious person, but more of a spiritual person. So the archangels and angels and stuff like that, although I believed in them, it wasn't that I had a knowledge of them. So I started doing research. So looking through books, I saw a picture of Archangel Michael, and it was like the archangel that was staring back at me, and it was very clear, very obvious.
1: So that so so at the actual time you didn't know it was Archangel Michael, but well, after you'd done the research, it became evident and clear who it was that was exactly
2: evident. and a, and a feeling that I had that you know that that is what you know kind of like an intuition that that is exactly what had happened. I would I had had an experience with Archangel Michael, yes.
1: So typically, when people have a, an out of body experience as you did, particularly one which is actually potentially a near death experience. Um, people come back with uh more powerful gifts. Was that the case in your case?
2: I came back with some amazing gifts and uh one of them that uh that came through later on i 'd been contracting for i 'd say just a couple months at that point, and over a period of time i 'd say another six months as I started to uh get the get get in touch with some of these gifts that were coming to me these intuitions and stuff. I was uh, traveling down a road in uh, Baghdad, and it was a very um, notorious highway that uh, had had a lot of attacks on it. A lot of people had died on this highway. A lot of my friends actually had died on this highway, and I was uh, traveling down it, and uh, we traveled down this road several times in this one particular day, and uh, normally what I would do would, would do the remote view like I talked about earlier, and I found that after we had left the secure area that i had not done it and i had this incredible alarm like would go like went off in me and i was like oh we're in a kill zone right now and uh and then i had the overwhelming feeling the sensation to send out the thought of love and I, when I would had these intuitions in the past, I followed them, and this was a very strong one. And so I sent it out as if every cell in my body were sending out the thought of love. And a period of time went by where I knew that we were still in this kill zone, about ready to get hit, and it slowly started to dissipate, and then I knew that we were out of it. So I did a remote view of the rest of the highway. I knew there was nothing else. We got to our, our safe area, and uh, we learned that right after we had gone by this one particular area where I'd had the thought, the, the, the sensation to send out the thought of love, another group had come through and they'd been hit by a rocket. And uh, fortunately those guys survived, but the vehicle was completely dis- destroyed and all of them went to the hospital with, you know, glass wounds and stuff like that. But that kind of uh, solidified to me that this spot energy was very powerful.
1: Well, I'm getting all the goosebumps here, so it must be it must be true so so this just, just describe that if you don't mind just describe exactly what you did, so you send out a love vibration into the land into the enemy where, where did you send it to actually
2: as as I've come to understand it it's an unconditional love, so it doesn't really um it's not like I'm trying to defeat an enemy that I can see right it's it's that I have these feelings that something bad is going to happen or negative type event is coming. So I send these thoughts, and I I envision it as coming from my heart and going to my pineal gland within my brain, and I've developed this this, uh, technique over over time, and I send it out as a thought form, and I envision waves of love vibration going out. And love, of course, is the strongest force in the universe because it is the the love uh, that's connected with God.
1: Absolutely. So you have just mentioned a a key word there, which I I call the the pineal gland or the pineal gland, uh, which I also know is of great significance in the alchemical uh, meditations that I do. Um, And I noticed that all the articles that are coming out right now in the spiritual literature are all talking about the pineal gland. So what do you know about it?
2: (laughs) This is, this is amazing, isn't it? And I, I think yeah. this is an awakening that's happening within all of humanity. Uh, the connection with the pineal gland is basically, uh, it connects the two lobes of the brain. I talk about in my book how we're very analytical left brain and that these, these love energies that I, that I'm sending out and that people have these intuitions and stuff like that are coming from the right brain. Well, the pineal gland connects both the lobes of the brain in its perfect state. And by connecting with that pineal gland through thought, through love, love from the heart, you can uh, reach an amazing potential within yourself.
1: And 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 presumably you do that through some form of meditation practice.
2: To develop it, yes. But uh, once once you uh, meditate and you think about it and you connect with it, it can be it can be touched on upon will. It's kind of like you uh exercise a muscle and uh as you exercise that muscle you can flex that muscle at will. If it's uh if it atrophies and you don't exercise it, you it you try and flex it it doesn't flex. Uh, it's kind of the same thing. Your your pineal gland is something that has to be worked. It's it's con- it's considered like a third eye in a lot of uh cultures and it actually does secrete a uh melatonin I believe.
1: Yes. Is still there, Michael?
2: Yes, go ahead.
1: Oh, sorry, I thought I'd lost you for a moment. Oh. So there's there's some really, really interesting little uh, connections that, that I'll just, just add to, because one of the things um, that I have realized in meditation is, as Michael has indicated, that you can use this intentional focus on the pineal gland to stimulate it, to activate it. And in fact, it's what the alchemists did in terms of the process of alchemy at the furnace. The sixth stage is called distillation or sublimation, and that is all about bringing the energy, the kundalini energy, up into the pineal gland to stimulate it. And it's interesting you use the word atrophied because I know, going back to the Atlantean times of civilization, that the pineal gland at that point was the size of a walnut, and yes, it has down to the size of a pea yeah so now it's time for us to start stimulating it back up back up that's to the right size of the walnut, back up to that
2: walnut size again,
1: so we can start working with it again yeah absolutely fascinating so and the other thing that's important about the, the pineal gland, it's not just seeing with the third eye it's all of the different extrasensory perceptions as well.
2: It's an absolutely the, yeah the and as you as you begin to develop all your uh, your intuitive abilities, it kind of leads into other abilities too, and I talk about how you uh, How I developed the ability to uh, intuit uh, what others were thinking, kind of like a telepathy. So I think a lot of us get that. uh,
1: So telepathic communication then comes into it as well. Just, just talk about that a little bit.
2: Yeah, the telepathic communication is is something that I definitely developed uh, in the SEAL teams, and I think all SEAL teams and all those that work closely together actually will develop uh, a form of telepathy. Uh, We always needed to be quiet in our patrolling uh, activities. And over a period of time, as you work more and more and more with people uh the 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 signals that you send that you would normally send with each other send to each other begin to go away. You just know what the other guys are doing and uh and sometimes this could be in complete darkness and uh whether we were patrolling or whether we were uh doing room clearance uh close quarter combat stuff like that, I knew I could tell what the others were doing by thoughts that I would get.
1: So again, this would just be like uh, uh, insights, uh, sensitivities, awarenesses that would just drop into your mind.
2: Yeah, I could actually, and it's funny too because I would I would tell guys about this. I would try to open guys up to this bil- this ability that we all have, and and we kind of joke around with it. But I was, you know, somewhat serious. So sometimes I would say, Yeah, I, I I heard your thoughts on that, and then somebody would joke around, Yeah, whatever, whatever, and then they would say something. Uh, just shortly after that, and I was like, you know, I just, I just thought that, and it would, it'd be completely out of the ordinary. And they'd be like, they'd kind of like go, "Wow, he's really serious. He, he does." Send he folks. means this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and were you able to tell them some extraordinary things that that you already knew?
2: Uh, sometimes, you know, it's not really all this stuff is not really accepted uh, in the uh, the communities. I, I feel that now that it's it's becoming more so. In fact, when I Uh, when I started having these intuitive abilities to uh, direct guys out of, uh, you know, danger areas, guys started to notice. First, I kept it quiet and didn't tell anyone. And uh, they started to notice, and they were like, you know, you you stopped us from going there, didn't you? And I was like, yeah. And they they are like, well, what are you doing? And I would tell them that I was getting these intuitions.
1: Fantastic, Michael. We're coming up to our, our second break, and I'm talking with Michael Jaco, former Navy SEAL, Who worked with his intuitive gifts, and we'll continue with our discussion after this break.
0: Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond,
2: Seventh Wave Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure,
0: what's up? Um, there's this girl I kind of like. Well, if there's one thing I know, it's women. Really? Well, they didn't call me velvet for nothing. I don't get it. Smooth. I was smooth. Oh. Anyway, it's easy. You just got to impress her. Show her how strong you are. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? I don't know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt, if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, try it. Uh. 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 (laughs) See, there you go. And you should dress up. Start wearing a shirt and tie. I'll look like a dork. No, you'll look successful. Okay. And finally, you can start using my cologne. <clears throat> the ladies love it, so don't be shy. Splash it on. Thanks,
2: Dad. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To find out how you can adopt, please visit our website at AdoptUSKids.org or call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the US Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council.
0: How do we walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tung left his position as a high school principal with 30 years' experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm. The Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Visit PeterTongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at PeterTongue.com. Tune into Inner Speak Soul Adventures Talk Radio Show every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 Eastern, and learn how to let go of your past and create the reality you desire and deserve, allowing your inner communication to take place more easily without the interference of our noisy mind chatter or your ego. Inner Speak Soul Adventures with Gene Adrian,
3: right here on the Seventh Wave Network.
0: Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. listening to awakening to conscious co-creation with peter Tong. if you have a question for peter or comment on this series please send an email to descending dove at gmail.com that's descending dove at gmail.com now back to our program
1: welcome back to awakening to conscious co-creation with your host peter tongue and today we have with us michael jaco a former Na- navy seal who Started working with his intuitive gifts while in the field. And Michael, just before the break, you were telling us about some of those experiences you had with colleagues and telepathy and, and signs of danger. And obviously you became more aware, more gifted as time went on. Did you ever report potential future danger situations to your superiors?
2: Yes, I did. Uh, it, it was a progressive thing. Uh, like, guys were noticing that I was uh, had these abilities. I started to, re- they they were asking me, please relay, you know, if you have you see anything coming. Uh, some of the guys didn't believe in what I was doing, but they were like, it worked, so they were like, oh, for it. It was funny.
1: Yeah, exactly. So uh,
2: I, I would relay to them, yeah, I feel something coming in this time frame um, a week out from today, and then uh, right in this area I would point on a map. And at this time frame, there's gonna be a guy in a truck, and uh he's gonna bring a car bomb- or truck bomb and blow you know something up in this area and sure enough, it would happen within that time frame so uh eventually it got to the point where it started going to my the guys that I work with are like, we gotta bring this up to you know our superiors and uh that's what happened uh i I basically told my superiors that uh yes, there's gonna be you know another attack because I'd already predicted two of them and they were very curious, very interested in if I saw anything else coming. So I said, yes, in a week there's going to be an attack in this location and uh it's going to be at the place where we're living. And so that got everybody's attention pretty good. <laughs> I'm sure it did. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: so I uh so I told them that uh uh this information or or I told them this information and then so we started to make uh plans to uh stop, you know, our, or, you know, Put barriers up so that the, this car, the, a truck bomb, could come in and destroy the place we were living. And so we went to uh, security people that were in charge of this area, and they said, "No, we've already made enough. We've already done enough to uh, secure the area. It's good enough." And sure enough, right after uh, the person that was in charge uh, left, they got a call from a local that said that, uh, and this was uh, a general for this particular area that I was working in, called and said that someone had come, uh, uh, suspicious characters had come looking for where the Americans lived. And uh, so then they got real serious and started putting up barriers and stuff like that. But I still felt that the attack was going to come. So later on, uh, the night before the attack was coming, we started clearing out as many people as we could from the area. And I had this sensation that uh, I should try and intervene somehow. And... Early in the morning, it was supposed that this attack I felt was coming was, was going to happen early in the morning. So, about an hour, two hours before this attack was going to transpire, I got up and I started to remote view this person that was bringing this, this bomb in. And I could see the person clearly. It was a young man in his early 20s. I felt that he had been kind of brainwashed, so to speak, into bringing this, this car bomb in. Uh, a lot of the uh, cultures there will will take young men and indoctrinate them into the wrong information and drug them up and stuff like that, and then send them out with these car bombs. So I, that's that's pretty much what I, I saw coming. So I started to uh, go into his thoughts a little bit, and I could tell that he was hesitant about what he was doing because he felt like you know he had never had a wife and he would, would you know wanted to have a wife. So I started, to, I got the feeling to send him love. And this was was going to be a future event, and I was sending him the thoughts of love. Well, that attack didn't come, and uh, I felt that I had helped uh, stop this attack. And uh, from that point on, I started doing more of this stuff. I started sending, putting bubbles around our cars, putting bubbles around our houses of love, of love energy. Because as we just discussed, the, the, the thought and the energy of love is impregnable to negativity because it's far stronger. So unconditional love was was making things um, safer. so the places that we were in, the cars, the everything was not being attacked. I even got to the point where I would put it put these love bubbles, so to speak, up around the cities that I was working in, and there weren't any attacks in these cities, whereas around these cities there were just horrendous stuff uh, attacks going on
1: so so a couple of questions Ed um, Was there ever an occasion where it didn't work when you did this and stuff still happened?
2: No, it's never never been occasion when I have sent out the thoughts of love that it's not worked, and uh, I've even started to uh, have other guys uh, do this in, do this information as well. So it is definitely something that uh, other others can learn and others can do.
1: That's very powerful stuff, isn't it?
2: It is, and I think that if uh, we were to train groups of guys to do this, I think we could make an uh, we can make an effect. In fact, there's a uh, the Maharishi Effect is something that uh, people can uh, Google up. It's a very interesting uh, Transcendental Meditation that uh, has been going on since uh, 1983 where groups have gotten together and have meditated in certain cities throughout the U.S. to slow the crime rate, and there's been dramatic results with it, like up to 70% drops in crime rates while they're doing these meditations. And once they stop, the crime goes right back up to where it was. So I think these this information could uh, could actually be utilized by groups of, of people that were trained to do it, and we could probably start turning around some of these wars.
1: Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up, because actually I've been leading not, not transcendental meditation, but coherent meditations on the new moon uh, of every month in my meditation group uh, in my hometown, Victoria, and doing exactly that, sending out this beautiful vibration of peace out not just into our own local city, but out into the globe, across the world. And you can deliberately connect up these different centers and send this love vibration and create all these satellite centers through what I call crystal cities of light. It's a very, very powerful uh, opportunity.
2: Yes, I completely agree with you. In fact, uh, if if you don't believe that the moon can have an effect, ask any police officer when there's a full moon <laughs> or any uh, any emergency room. They'll tell you yeah, that. It definitely yeah. happens. In fact, so when I was a bouncer one time, there was always... A lot of fights during the full moons and the yeah, as, as I worked yeah. at.
1: So the other question I wanted to ask you, when you were, when you were seeing this young man in this state of, of unease and not sure if he wanted to do this, you said you saw him clearly. Can you try and describe, explain to us how you see him? Is it inside your head, outside, like on a screen? How does that work?
2: I think, I think everyone, uh, develops their gifts differently. Some people like, um Neil Donald Walsh, when he channels God, uh, in conversation with God, he does automatic writing. For me, it's, it's visionary. It's, it's a visual. So I actually see visions of future events. And I could actually see him real time in, in a, in this, like on a TV screen. And, uh, and then I would actually, then I actually go into and, uh, create uh, an energy, a love energy, if you will, that changes these events.
1: And in seeing him, you'd also sense him as well, not just physically see a picture, well not physically, but intuitively see a picture, but you'd also have a sense of, of the person as well.
2: Absolutely, uh, and their thoughts, uh, telepathically, I can, could, I could, you know, hear their thoughts, and then by... I, I think that we all have free will and that we can't uh, impose on that free will. Of course, we do that, you know, on a physical level, on a three-dimensional level, but when you deal on this uh, this etheric level, there's kind of rules, so to speak. And if you break those rules by going in and, and squashing somebody's free will, it kind of has a boomerang effect on you. Uh, and comes back even tenfold and negative, I think.
1: Yeah. Now, inevitably, uh, everybody I know who's who's been on a, a spiritual journey, a spiritual path of of involvement and development, has uh, times of of inner doubt and uncertainty, and and is this real? Are these real gifts? So, would you just mind telling us a little bit about your own inner conflicts in this area?
2: Yeah, like I said, that uh, you know we're 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 pretty much trained analytically and this goes beyond the analytical. Um, it's it's basically the whole brain. It's the the creative right centers of the brain. Uh, I think that over time that if you start to allow the intuitive inf- information to come through, you'll start to break down these doors, these these uh, kind of stops that are kind of created within us to not listen to these intuitive things that, that come through, these out of, you know, the ordinary. And uh, as they come, as you see that they're actually making you more productive, and in my case, save your life and many other lives, then you, you know, you start to learn to listen to them. I've, I've had doubts, you know. I've These thoughts have come in, and I'm like, you know, guys are going to think I'm crazy. but that's why at first I never told anybody. I just steered guys around. And then once they started to realize what I was doing, and I saw that they were open to this information, which I think, you know, a lot more people are these days, then I was able to uh, share it with them. And by sharing it with them, it actually took me to a different level as well.
1: So you overcame uh, your own inner doubts just by seeing the development of the gift and getting confirmation after confirmation.
2: That Yeah, absolutely. The confirmations, the little confirmations over time, you know, we, we all have those. I wish I'd listened to myself well. Start to listen to yourself, and then once you get those confirmations, you know I listen to myself, and it worked. You know, and just continue to do that on and on and on.
1: And I know uh, one of the the, the the biggest issues of all is is uh, overcoming the tricks of the ego.
2: What <laughs> yeah. would you have to
1: say about the ego?
2: Yeah. Uh, one one experience that I had that really helped me was a uh, was a vision quest. Uh, it's an usually a native american uh, type of event where you go for four days or more of fasting uh, during this time frame your the first few days for me or the first day for me was was pretty tough you know i i 'd fasted before you know maybe for a day, you know, some sometimes more than a little more than a day but not four days so your mind is constantly chattering to you and that 's one of the things you have to learn to uh, to shut down. Uh, of course, we need our minds, and we have to utilize our minds in the everyday world, but there's a point where that becomes overwhelming, and I learned through this vision quest uh, to let to let that go.
1: So, Michael, we're going to our, our final break, but I, I will come back to the vision quest when we return, and the way the ego works, it's an important piece for people to understand. This is Peter Tung with Michael Jaco having a wonderful, fascinating discussion as we go to the last break.
0: Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. How do we walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness, which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tong left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm. The Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Visit PeterTongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at PeterTongue.com.
3: When you have a stroke, you may not even notice it right away. But then... Time passes, and the symptoms get worse. One minute you feel fine, and the next, your speech could be slurred or not make sense. One side of your body might become numb. You might see double. You drop the TV remote because you can't hold up your arm. That's because after a stroke, every minute you don't get help. is another minute that your brain is being starved of oxygen. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face, arm, or leg, sudden trouble seeing, speaking, or understanding. If you experience any of these warning signs, call 911 immediately because time lost is brain lost. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE today. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council.
0: Be extraordinary, Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tan. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program.
1: Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host Peter Tung. Today we have with us Michael Jaco, who is explaining how he used his intuitive gifts as a Navy SEAL and then, later, as a security uh, independent in Baghdad and Iraq, and Michael was talking just before the break about a vision quest that he went on and how the ego plays some tricks on us. Michael, what was the actual reason for going to the vision quest in the first place?
2: well, there were there were several questions I had in my life. Uh, I was about to make the transition out of the military and uh, go into the private uh, realm, so. Uh I had the option of not doing that and continuing on what I was doing, but I felt very strongly drawn to get out and do some more uh work uh outside the realm of the military, so it was interesting because before, when you go to a vision quest, you want to have questions well, before I even went to the site where I was going to do my vision quest just a few minutes before I went there, all the questions that I had just like just fell into my mind like it was like an open book just poured in I was like. Oh my God, I've been working on this stuff for years and here it is already. You know, what, what's going to happen to this vision quest? And I got that uh, there's going to be a lot more work coming for you in the vision quest. So sure enough, when I got into that vision quest, uh, after my mind chatter started to slow down after, after the second day, uh, I realized that a lot of the thoughts from my ego were creating most of the problems in my life. The ego is always there for us, but we need to learn to control it. And by letting the ego chatter all the time and, and direct our thoughts mindlessly, really, is uh, like a ship without a rudder. So I learned to control that. I learned that that, that is not part of who I, of who, what I really am. And uh, over the next uh, next day or two, I started to see all the things negative that my ego had caused to other people. And it was just like a roller coaster ride. I'd, I'd get these incredible uh, visions of what I had what I had caused through my ego, and it just you know had brought tears to my eyes. And then I would get this incredible sensation of you know release. Is like I was having these experiences so that I could release them. So I'd get this release, and then I'd just get this wave of you know, oh, that's fabulous. And then I'd get another wave of, oh, look what you did, and then I'm like, ah, oh, and then tears pour down my face, and then I get the release. So I had this roller coaster the third day just all day long. The fourth day was amazing. It was a completely blissful day. And uh, I talk about this in the book, actually, and it's pretty pretty cool with some of the uh, experiences I had during that time frame.
1: So tell us, actually, while you mention that, the name of the book and the website or how people can make contact with you.
2: Yes, my book is The, uh, the Intuitive Warrior. Uh, it's not released yet. Uh, it releases March 2nd. It's available on Amazon pre-order right now. But if you actually want the book now, and uh, I'm signing copies of people that order the book now, you can actually get it on michaeljaco.com. That's spelled M-I-C-H-A-E-L-J-A-C-O.com.
1: Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. And I know you have some uh, views on the current education system. What would you say about that
2: yeah, the education system uh is you know it's it's served us for quite some time. I think that uh, uh there's a lot of teachers. I've talked to several people uh that have uh, been through the educational system to great levels, and uh some of them my 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 former seal buddies, and they tell me how the education system is not really tapping all that we are that uh it kind of uh only goes into the logical brain. That some of the people, some of the seal, uh, SEALs that I work with go in and they have a great influence on their classes and their classmates because they kind of think outside of the box, so to speak. They have that that creative side of their brain they work with, and that's one of the things we learn to do as a SEAL. We have to be very creative to do some of the things we do. So uh, they come into these classroom sessions and really uh, open some people up. It's really, really, really special. And I've seen this in my, my kids as well, I, and uh, a lot of uh, young people that I've worked with over the years, that if you allow them to develop these sides, which are usually, you know, uh, people make fun of you if you can, you know, have these intuitive skills, if you can learn how to allow kids to have these experiences, because we all have them, and and accept them for what they are, then I think that we can develop some pretty amazing kids in the future.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you there. It's part of my, my dreams, for sure. Yes,
2: you were in the educational system for a while yourself. Yeah, I was a
1: school principal and actually left because I really felt the need to, to do this. Oh, Michael, we're coming up to, to the end of the show. Unfortunately, it's gone really, really quickly. So well, I do want to ask you at this point, and I hopefully you'll come back on the show in the future. Oh, absolutely. What, what's next for you? What, what are you? what are your dreams and hopes and wishes for you in the next little while?
2: Well, my hopes and dreams are to continue to uh, promote the book, uh, to get out in front of people, and and uh, help them see that this this love energy is something that we can all tap and can uh, change our lives and can change the, the entire planet. We can do away with war. I believe it's totally possible.
1: Well, for someone who's actually been there and, and right on the the leading edge to say that is uh, very special and profound, and I and I uh, really really appreciate all that you've said today. I uh, I haven't got time to go on it today, but I've always had the belief that um, through history when you've had major battles and wars where you've had certain people who have always come at those situations with higher consciousness, we sort of gave them an, an unfair advantage. And I'm feeling pretty strongly that you must have been part of that in the past.
2: Absolutely, yes. uh, In fact, my next book is going to be on reincarnation, how I've had many incarnations as priests and warriors and how that influences my present.
1: Oh, wow. Well, there you are. I shall look forward to that book for sure. (laughs) Michael, thank you so very much. It's been a wonderful hour spent with you. I really appreciate your wisdom and your insight and your courage and bravery at stepping out in this way. Thank you so very much.
2: Uh, Thank you for letting me share it.
1: My pleasure. So next week I'm delighted to inform you that we have James Tiburon joining me on the show. James is an Earth Keeper uh, working with the crystal energies, the crystal grids of the planet, and um, he has incredible insight and awareness to where we are on the planet right now and where we need to go and the focus of working with the planet itself. I'm sorry that's all we have time for today. I'd really like to thank Michael Jaco once again for giving us his incredible insight and wisdom. Thank you so much for joining me, and I really hope you have enjoyed the show, and I especially thank you for listening. I hope that you will have a magnificent week and uh, continue to do your inner work and your spiritual connections. This is Peter Tung's Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation.
2: Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit seventhwave.network.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio.